0: Good afternoon, good evening, or whatever time it is. This is, I'm recording this on a Friday night, so I don't know when you guys are going to listen to it or listen to it at all. I don't know. Don't care. Whatever. You do you. So, contrary to what my trailer sounded like, this is not going to be some dramatic, you know, deep voice. You know, I don't have a deep voice, so I don't know what I was thinking. But no Morgan Freeman type narrative here. But, as promised, we will start off this Survivor Podcast. We're talking about Bill Gothard and IBLP. Now, for those of you who don't know who Bill Gothard are, which I'm sure there's quite a few of you who don't, you know. He was a gentleman, loosely used in that circumstance. He was born in 1934. So, he's, gosh, I want to say he's probably in his 80s at this point. Um, almost 90s. But he started this organization called IBLP. Which stands for Institute in Basic Life Principles. Great. Sounds simple enough, right? Learn how to live your life a little bit. Maybe get some self-help pointers. Yeah, no, that's not what this was about. This was him taking what? How he translated the Bible and translated what? He considered to be biblical truths and transforming them into this how you need to live your life in order to be a, quote, godly person. Now, I'm all for living a godly life. Great. I'm a Christian. I was raised Christian. Perfect. But, you also can't be forced to do this in the way that somebody else wants you to. There's literally the definition of a cult. Somebody else telling you how to live your life. It's one thing for a pastor on a Sunday morning to say, hey, this is what the Bible says here. And actually showing you his whole thought process, not just, hey, I wrote this book, read it, follow it. Or else if you don't, bad person and honestly very little is known about where his degrees come from or if he has any because he always talks about health and he doesn't have a health degree I, I don't know where he gets off saying he can help you with your health he's not a doctor and people needed to realize that before it was too late so his he get hit the height of his popularity in like the 70s. He was packing auditoriums with thousands and thousands of people. Um now they range from adults to kids to well he didn't call them teenagers cuz he felt that that was a worldly f- faddish way of saying a young adult. So right there it's not a fad, it's been said for years. You're thirteen, you're a teenager, like you're in your teenage years. I, I, some of the stuff just doesn't make sense. So he would get them in with this, you know, promise of showing them how to live a better life and all this stuff. And then it grew into this following where he just he had these people literally waiting for his next word. Like it reminds me almost of not that it, he was violent like this, but like a Marilyn Manson. You just you they were waiting. Marilyn Manson. Why did I say Marilyn Manson? Charles Manson. Wow. Marilyn Manson was a singer. Charles Manson was a murderer. Big difference. Um. But they were Charles Manson's. They waited for his next word. They waited for him to tell them what to do next. Same with these IBLP later on ATI. Advanced Training Institute. And he set up headquarters in Chicago. Now, okay, whatever, kind of a little weirded by, you know, oh, this is how you have to live your life. Then he started getting into the, this is how you have to dress. This is how you have to act. This is how you have to look. Red flags right there. Women were always required to wear skirts and I'll touch on why I think that's really weird later. Men could only wear pants and collared shirts. So basically, you were dressed up all the time. Um, You were not allowed to wear jeans because according to him, the jeans came from the 1970s and were therefore satanic. Meanwhile, Levi Strauss invented the jean in the 1800s during the frontier times when there was no rock music, which I will touch on his view of rock music or secular music or devil music, as he calls it later. But that's where his whole gene theory kind of fell apart. Like, cause they were in use way before the 1970s. So you started having people follow him just, their daughters always had to wear dresses. Their sons were always wearing khaki pants and button-up or polo shirts. They would only listen to classical music that he approved of, mind you. He had to approve the music. So you weren't allowed to listen to anything modern that had a backbeat, like a off, what he said was off-syncopated beat because it could give you a heart attack. So here again, he's bringing in his, quote, knowledge of medicine, where apparently you can have a heart attack while listening to ACDC, which I have not had yet, so I don't know how that's possible. And then going further, there was more regulations for the women to follow than the men. And I have a big issue with that. First off, this guy was never married. So I don't know where he gets his information on how to have a good relationship with a woman or a woman with a man. Because he didn't even have that. So either he had a bunch of secret relationships that no one knows about. Or he was just totally clueless and flying by the seat of his pants. So... No accountability for men, really. Like it, the whole reason for the skirts is so that men wouldn't stumble. I'm sorry What does that have to do with causing a man to stumble? He's not he'd get turned on by seeing a lady in pants. Apparently, uh, never happened to me. Don't think it's happened to anybody I know. But there you go, and men weren't allowed to wear shorts because apparently that would turn on women. Ladies, tell me if that turns you on. I don't know. I don't understand the logic behind that. It's hairy legs. Like, come on. Really? It's enough. So there was no real um, accountability for men. And women were supposed to submit themselves to their husband. So how he was interpreting this is women had to do whatever their husband said, plain and simple. That's it. They weren't supposed to work. They're supposed to stay home, do the house, clean the house, do the meals, have kids, take care of those kids, have more kids, be at their husband's beck and call, turn a blind eye to whatever their husband was doing that they didn't agree with. So case in point, as we probably all know about this, the Duggar dude's brush with the law, that's really part of the whole brainwashing of the IBLP his wife's standing by him her husband's a pedophile like he's lucky somebody didn't chop off his junk and feed it to him when he was in holding like come on you're gonna stand by your man because he got caught with a bunch of kitty porn that all of a sudden oh I don't know where that came from that's not mine yeah okay whatever um, pretty sure I know everybody and anybody who's touched my computer or tablet or phone or TV or PlayStation or anything that's electronic it doesn't just show up. okay So nice try there, Josh. It's just not not gonna work. So that's that's one major um, issue with this cult, is the lack of um, accountability. And then that stemmed into his actual practices of business. So he had, you know, he had a, all these, quote, ministries, we'll call them, big air quotes, because you can't see me, I'm doing air quotes right now, ministries that were just money makers for him. Um, cause in all reality, he, his view was you weren't supposed to work in the secular world because that would tarnish your reputation and corrupt you. So you're supposed to either work for him or for the local church or have your own business. But where's the money coming to start those? You have to get it from somewhere. And no matter what you're doing, even if you're working for yourself, you can't just only deal with Christians. You're going to be dealing with the world. So you're going to have that. But then he would charge these large fees to come to his ministries. And they're always volunteer, but you have to pay for your room and board and your, you know, any activities that they do there. You have to pay him. It's a money making. And he was the director of it. He was the big wig in charge. Like, I think all the way from its founding to, I want to say, 2014 is when he stepped down well, was made to step down um, because people were talking bad about it. That's his famous line, as I'll get into later. Bad, You were giving him a bad reputation, so he stepped down. So up until then, he was the one in charge of it all. So he, whatever he said went or didn't go or whatever you want to put it. So he had Practices that were very, if you looked at them as an outsider looking in, okay, maybe they were business savvy-ish, but not if you're holding yourself out to be this man of God and above reproach and honest and loving of everybody and totally transparent. BS. Sorry. Sorry. I call straight BS and I will get into that later because I did have the horror of sitting down across from this man and basically getting told how bad I was. So, you know, he would get all these condemned buildings, but then he wouldn't really do anything to them. He would just kind of do some surface stuff to make it look like he had done stuff and then he would move kids in to do these ministry programs and everything when these buildings should have been condemned. They should have been torn down. They should have been totally gutted and redone. But they weren't. And he didn't care as long as he got a deal on it and he could then turn around and make money off of it. Um, and like I said, a lot of the stuff a lot of his staff was these volunteer, these these interns, these volunteers that just want to better their life. Yeah, sounds like everything that any Scientology um, president or whatever they're called said or whatever cult you want to talk about. Like, wake up. oh, these are interns. Okay, cool, great. Mm-hmm. That's nice. So they weren't getting paid. They had to do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, just constantly on the go, constantly traveling, constantly doing this always had to have a smile on their face because that was the thing he had to have a countenance countenance now countenance is big in his vocabulary his there the countenance you weren't really allowed to have a bad day you always had to be smiling you always had to look perfect like you couldn't have a beard because apparently that was unbiblical even though back in the bible it actually says that nazarenes didn't cut their hair, or shave their face. But apparently it was the 70s again, and that became demonic, like everything else. And oh, going back to that whole rock and roll thing, he was a big proponent of the if you play the music backwards, you hear a demonic message. Bro, I don't know if you've ever written music, but I've been doing music for years. It's hard enough to write the words forwards to make sense but then you want me to have them in a certain order that when they are played backwards, they make sense? That's not possible. Like, I mean, I'm not an English major, but I'm sorry, that's not possible. That is, who takes the time to make sure it says something backwards? Is there is there the backwards recording editor? in the studios that I don't know about. And then who takes the time to play the song backwards? It's just people trying to cause an uproar and love conspiracies. I'm not a conspiracy theorist unless it comes to Illuminati. No, I'm just kidding. Um, The Illuminati is real. Again, kidding. Maybe we'll dive into that subject later on down the road. But... So, going back to this whole accountability, he had no accountability with the government, with the law. He thought he was above it. He just He just felt that as long as he was doing, quote, "God's work," he didn't have to adhere to specific things. And next episode, I'll get more into my backstory, into my history, with this thing. Um, and I will touch on why. I'm saying all this stuff, and it'll make a lot more sense, so, but moving on. So, in 2014, he was sued. He was brought up on charges of sexual harassment and molestation, I believe it was, which, (laughs) I believe it, I believe it. Um, having been to the headquarters before, there was very few men that worked around him at all times. It was one or two, and then the rest were all girls. Like, there was tons of girls working around him in his immediate area. And he would always compliment them. He would always tell them, oh, your countenance. Again, with the countenance. The countenance I, I don't even like that word anymore. Like, there's there's certain words and colors that I don't even like anymore. But countenance is one of them. I don't, nope, I don't like it, don't want to hear it. Nothing. But he would, you know, oh, you look so pretty today. Your countenance is beautiful. Your smile is beautiful. You know, oh, you're Dress is beautiful. Can you come into my office? Oh, sorry, I'm going into what I think he was thinking in his head, but you get the point. And this is where I get kind of suspicious of the whole skirt or dress thing. Because I know plenty of girls that worked. Again, loosely used, because they were volunteers. They were not paid. They just were there. And there's accounts of he would have them sit on his knee, he would have them sit on the arm of the chair, they, but they had skirts on. So this is where it's like, okay, I really do see where the sexual harassment and molestation could come into play. Now, granted, statutes of limitations, which is BS because there shouldn't be a statutes of limitations on that stuff. He can't be found guilty. So the everything was kind of dropped and pushed off to the side in 2018. So everything's well and good. He even put his website back up, BillGothard.com. Talk about an ego trip. like Because he cannot serve on IBLP anymore. The board of directors said, you're out. See you later. We'll still give you money. But you can't be in any counseling or ministry work here. But he did start his wonderful website up again. And again, it's BillGothard.com. Like, come on. And he has a picture of him. And he says that, you know, countenance. So you see he's got that smirk on his face. He always had this weird smile I never liked. It was always kind of this mischievous, (laughs) I know something you don't know type smile. And I'm sorry, but his hair... It's The color is too perfect. For someone who doesn't want to have fads or vanity or anything, he colors his freaking hair, people. It's not hard to tell. Men do not stay that dark in their hair without any gray in it, without coloring it. I should know. I was a barber for years. Sorry, it's fake. I have gray in my hair, and I'm in my 30s. So... That's another thing I just never understood. He was a hypocrite when it came to stuff. And what really, really got me is one of his news and statements, actually his only news and statements is a huge victory, conspiracy exposed, lawsuit dropped. So here he is. These kids were conspiring against me because he goes on to say, This kid had disillusionment, which I know results from when we fail to meditate on scripture. So again, he's saying this person is a liar because they didn't meditate how he says they should meditate on scripture. So he's using the Bible against another Christian, which in and of itself, you're not supposed to do as a Christian. Last I checked, should check with my pastor and see if I can do that. I don't think I can. But, He's, you know, instructions for godly living become rules and legalism if you don't meditate. No, no, you had rules and you had legalism in your ATI, IBLP, BS, wrapped up in a big crap paper. I don't know. But, like, come on. You can't say, oh, he just, he got disillusioned because he didn't meditate on scripture the proper way. Now, a child, my 10-year-old, can tell that (laughs) this is stupid legalistic rules, okay? So, then he says, oh, this conspiracy then stemmed into, oh, he tried to, quote, rescue people from my teaching. Well, first off, it's not your teaching if it's, From the Bible, it's God's teaching. So there again, you wrapped yourself up into, you're the important one. And then that meant the destruction of the basic seminar. No, no one's trying to destroy that. The advanced seminar, no, no, again, no one's trying to destroy that. Or advanced training institute, which, eh, okay, sure, we'll destroy that, I don't care. And then in their effort to destroy me, And the ministry. So again, he's first. Me, 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 me. And when I talk about my story, you'll see where I'm saying he's more concerned about his reputation, his image, his ministry, his life. Me, me, me. That's all he likes to talk about. He likes to hear himself talk. He likes to talk about himself. He goes on to blame the women. He blames the women. Classic narcissistic sexual predator tactic. It's the woman's fault. Again, accountability for women, no accountability for men. He said he recruited the former staff ladies to make false and defamatory statements. I know a lot of the girls. They don't lie. They're not ones that are just going to come up with this stuff just for the hell of it. If it happened, they're going to say it. Sorry. And then he basically goes on in this statement to basically say, they're stupid because they didn't understand the law like my lawyers did. Dude. You got off lucky. You probably paid somebody off, honestly. Because he, I'm pretty sure, well, 98% sure he does that anyway. And then he goes on. God's bigger purpose, a more powerful message. Now that he's gotten this lawsuit dropped, now God apparently has a bigger purpose for him. Now, think God's purpose is for you to go to a nursing home, shut your mouth, stop talking, and just go peacefully. Bye. See ya. You know, your your run was up in the 90s. Like, dude, sorry. And he goes on to say, from day and night meditation. So apparently this guy doesn't sleep. He's in his 80s. His hair's perfect. He smiles all the time. Apparently he doesn't need to sleep. So he's either on some really good coke or... He's bullshitter. So I'm gonna go with the BSer part. So he said God has given him instructions for twenty-eight books Twenty eight books from day and night meditation. Hmm. Okay, why 28 books? I mean, I was just inspired to do this one podcast, but apparently if I had been meditating day and night the way he says, I should be writing 28 books. I I mean, like, no, there's, there's too much. And then you look at, on his website, he has testimonials, every single one of them is from a woman, not a single one from a man so this is again classic narcissistic sexual predator behavior he literally has uh let's see one, two, three four five six, seven eight, eight testimonies from women like Where's the men's testimonies? He even cuts the men out of the pictures. It's just, it's. It's just, I don't get it. And he, like, basically coaches them into saying, I wasn't sexually uh, inappropriate with them. He was never sexually advancing towards me. Blah, blah, blah. It's very. very obvious that he is kind of coaching them in how to speak, which, again, we'll touch on in some other episodes. So I just want to leave you with this. So next next week, we'll touch on... You know what? We'll go into my story next week. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch on my actual personal experiences with this person um, by the name of Gothard and what my actual interactions with him were, and why I'm saying some of the things I'm saying. So, don't, this is not me talking bad about somebody. This is me talking about, there are smart people who got sucked into this. Like, I mean, hook, line, and sinker, they took it all. So, I want to put that out there. But I also want to say, I am not above calling out another Christian or man for his BS. I will do it. I've always done it. And I'll continue to do it. So with that being said, thank you for listening. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at um, tattooapologetics. Spoiler alert, I have tattoos. Um... And please follow this podcast, share it, and stay tuned for our next episode. Thanks. Have a great day.